Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, quipster.net. You can find all of my reviews at that website, qwipster.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at Spy. This is a a comedy. It's an action spoof, uh, primarily taking off on spy films, especially the James Bond series. It stars Melissa McCarthy. It's an R-rated film for language, violence, and some sexual content. It runs 120 minutes, so two hours long, and it is directed by Paul Fegg, uh, who also does the screenplay. And those of you who follow the career of Melissa McCarthy know should know that McCarthy's breakthrough role, at least in cinema, was done in a Paul Fegg vehicle known as Bridesmaids, and, and from which he received an Academy Award nomination. They also worked together again with the big hit comedy along with Sandra Bullock called The Heat. So this is their third film together. Um, and I would say that this really solidifies them as possibly the best or at least one of the best director to star pairings working today. Today, They seem to really get each other in terms of comedy. Um, now, there are many director-to-star pairings, you know, whether it's Martin Scorsese and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio that work well together, etc. But as far as comedies go, um, it's a very short list, and I would say that if you see a vehicle starring uh, Melissa McCarthy and Paul Fagg is directing it, um, it certainly bears watching, at the very least. You may not necessarily like it, but the chance of liking it seems a lot higher than many other uh, comedy pairings that you can probably cite. So at this point, I think that Paul Fagg really knows how to draw McCarthy's comic sensibilities very well. Uh, a lot of her shtick really involves a lot of heavily heavy improvisation. Fagg is a very funny man himself, so obviously he really knows how to get the comic timing down and, and how to uh, uh, give her room to breathe. And I think that the that he really constructs his movies to draw out her ability to not only quip, but react to various insults. You know, there, there's a lot of insult comedy in a McCarthy vehicle, but he, Fig really knows how to uh, to keep those things rolling and also to use her physicality for those McCarthy bull in a china shop comedic moments where she completely breaks loose. Um, the plot of the film involves McCarthy playing this CIA computer specialist, basically a desk jockey known uh, named Susan Cooper, and uh, actually, Susan Cooper was the original title of this film before, at some point before its uh, its promotion, they decided to change it to just the very generically titled Spy. Uh, Susan Cooper's job is to monitor this dreamboat of a field, field agent uh, named Bradley Fine, and he's played by Jude Law, very suave, James Bond-esque uh, super spy. So she gives him suggestions via his earpiece, uh, to keep him safe, uh, and she's always monitoring what she, what, uh, Bradley Fine is doing by uh, what she sees and hears from this hidden surveillance e- equipment, very high tech stuff that he carries within a contact lens. So she can, anything he looks at, she can also see. Um, now this, basically this relationship comes to an end at some point, um, and uh, Fine ends up in a run-in with this Bulgarian arms dealer named Reina Boyanov, and uh, she lets it be known before uh, she potentially puts uh, Fine on ice that she knows who all of the top uh, spooks in the CIA are, and so 
it would do them no good to send them after her uh, at, because she will spot them a mile away and she's going to basically do the same to them. Uh, so not wanting them to befall the same fate, uh, the CIA is in a quandary as to what to do, and especially because there's a deal about to go down involving a stolen nuclear device, and Reina is going to broker this along with this Italian terrorist who's played by uh, Bobby Cannavale. And so time is really of the essence. So without knowing who to go to that uh, would have the CIA chops but not necessarily be known by Reina, Susan Cooper, who's you know spends her time in the CIA basement essentially, <laughs> along with rats and bats and the kind of some of the random humor that appears in this film, uh, she volunteers to fly to Paris to surveil the situation uh, as an operative herself, and uh, she's been strictly forbidden by her superior, who's played by Allison Janney, to not get involved, do not confront any of these people, do not confront Reina at all. Just be there to watch and to try to get intel that they need before they can bring in their big guns. Um, however, Susan has this gung-ho attitude and she, you know, she's really, she has a really hard time, uh, just suppressing her, her just getting involved, especially, uh, now that, uh, one of the CIA agents that has decided to go rogue, a man named Rick Ford, who's played hilariously by Jason Statham, cannot stand the fact that this is going to go down without him, and he needs to get involved, and he just keeps butting in, and it makes her ability to stay inconspicuous quite a chore. So, now with Fake's prowess, I should say, at keeping this his comic timing sharp, and McCarthy able to cut loose both physically and in terms of her improvisational skills, I would say that Spy earns enough solid belly laughs to overcome what is an inherently uninteresting plot by carving out something of its own in this very overmined subgenre known as this, the comedic spy spoof. I mean, James Bond has been spoofed innumerable times, and certainly the spy genre in general, and many spy films that come out today have a lot of humor in them, so um, it, it's really hard for a new spy spoof to really car- find its its niche and, and find its own area where it can be funny and original, and I think that Fag is able to find some of that, even though, even though a lot of it will remind you of other uh, slapstick spy films, maybe Johnny English, stuff like that. Um, there's something distinctly its own here, probably because of McCarthy's presence. Um, now, Susan Cooper herself, uh, I, I think that this is where a lot of the comedy finds its own unique n- niche, is that Susan Cooper is, even though she's like the female version of James Bond, but I would say she's more the mirror opposite of James Bond. For instance, James Bond uh, is given impeccable designer suits to wear, and uh, whereas Susan Cooper is only given custom cat print t-shirts and a lot of other frumpy attire, you know, she has to play these middle-aged women from uh, very lonely women, and (laughs) uh, so, and now James Bond also would get amazing gadgets, and they would always be hidden within such uh, th- such fancy things as Rolexes and very expensive sports cars that have, you know, guns mounted to them and all of this stuff. Susan Cooper, in, in some of the more funny scenes, she gets these really small ones, you know, uh, poison darts and things like that, and they're hidden within bottles of, uh, of things she carries around with them that 
people would suspect that uh, a middle-aged woman would carry around with her. Unflattering things like uh, uh, stool b- bottles of stool softener and a rape whistle and <laughs> uh, ha- hemorrhoidal pads. And uh, Now, James Bond would get to high roll in the world's fanciest hotels and lavish casinos and uh she's given this rat infested hovel to uh in in what must be murder central in paris to stay in and uh whenever she go if she goes into a high roller game room she gets escorted out almost immediately um now james bond gets respected by his boss for the best missions and uh susan cooper is belittled by her boss on a regular basis and uh her boss really thinks that she's going to blow the mission at just about every turn and uh one left one final thing among many i i suppose i could continue to go on is that james bond would get every woman he so desires and uh susan cooper can't even get the one man she wants and uh James Bond being this womanizer and she's getting womanized and sexually harassed um almost everywhere she goes uh either in a <laughs> mostly in a negative way um i i want to give kudos i know that this is a melissa mccarthy vehicle this she, this is her this is her vehicle all the way but i i do want to give some kudos to a couple of uh members of the her supporting cast uh namely Jude Law and Jason Statham uh, they really bring their own flair for self-deprecating humor to the mix. And I think that Jude Law has been able to translate that very well. Statham has done some tough guy personas in almost all his films. He's done a few comedies, just maybe a, a less than a handful, but, um, and he can be funny and he, he does have the ability to laugh at himself, but I don't think he ever really delivered something as funny as he does in this movie. Law is as charis- charismatic as you probably would expect. And it's it's amusing to see him and McCarthy play together in this flirtatious relationship in which he seems like he's as interested in her as she with him, but yet he's he somehow manages to undercut in very subtle ways that he's not really that interested, perhaps, um, but in ways that are, uh, are are very subtle, but they deliver big blows to her own ego. You know, she's just kind of uh a fragile <laughs> she uh, she's she has goo goo eyes for him but she's deflated by him at almost every turn and uh she's hoping he'll seal the deal and ask her out romantically and yet he always seems on the verge but it just comes up short and meanwhile jason statham has this r- real fun it's really fun seeing him send up his own tough this tough guy persona as i mentioned by going full bore uh into the being this headstrong uh rogue spy but who's also kind of clueless in, the, in that kind of uh, Inspector Clouseau way. He's he's kind of like, he's really, he's going to go all out. And yet, uh, he he's not really aware that he's really daft at this. Um, and despite all of the, <laughs> all of the success he may have had in the past, uh, maybe through sheer luck. I, I almost feel like he should get his own movie doing this character uh, as a spinoff in a way. Uh, I, I would... I think that what makes Statham's character really funny is that, you know, Statham in his films always seems to have, you know, he's one of those tough guys that always seem to have the upper hand. I mean, he will get surrounded by, you know, dozens of men and always come out ahead, and he never looks that, uh, he never looks worried or scared. And uh, in this movie, it, it, no matter how much of the upper hand, he seems to feel confident that he has. He almost never seems to have it, and so that... That is a, a good part of the humor, and I laughed at that quite a bit. 
there's some British comic actors that may not necessarily be known uh, to many Americans watching the film. One's named Miranda Hart. Uh, the other is Peter Serafinowicz. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I, I always uh, stumble at the... At, at many people whose last name end with W-I-C-Z. But uh, both of them are very funny in the film in much smaller roles. Uh, Miranda Hart playing Susan's flighty friend in the CIA named Nancy, who kind of has to fill... As, as Susan Cooper takes the field, uh, uh, she is being directed by her friend Nancy... Um, not quite as effectively as she had when she was, uh, when, when Susan was directing, uh, uh, Bradley Fine, but, uh, therein lies some of the other humor. Uh, Pete, uh, Sarah Finowicz plays this amorous Italian named Aldo who just can't keep his hands off of, uh, uh, Susan Cooper himself, uh, kind of like a, a Pepe Le Pew. He's even referred to as such in the film. Uh, they're, they're funny in spots, and I think that their performances here, though small, will probably up their market value for future Hollywood comedies, uh, exponentially. Now, all of these things are the positive things, but I think that what prevents me from proclaiming Spy as, uh, one of the best comedies of the year, as some other critics might, is that I do feel that there's an unevenness to it. There's, there's a share of prolonged lulls that happen during the film. Most of them are in the second half of the movie, and so it gets to be pretty fatiguing. The second half of the film has maybe a tenth of the laughs as the first half. It's so funny for so long, and then it just feels like it runs out of steam at some point. And at two hours long, you feel like if they had trimmed 20 minutes, judicious minutes, maybe even 30 minutes from the two-hour runtime, that there could have been a really impactful comedy to be found here because there's a lot of recurring gags, and some of them are not that funny, and certainly some of them are funny maybe the first time, but not necessarily several times in a row. For instance, uh, there's this redundant formula to like one particular gag that gets re- uh, that it recurs, uh, in which Cooper gets her hopes up that she'll be treated with the love and respect she's been yearning for from those around her, including Bradley Fine, and she gets deflated yet again by these unintentional insults. So you watch her facial reaction go from beaming as if she's going to get this kind of uh, positive reinforcement, only to you know see that she gets she gets persistently wounded. And it, it's funny for a while, but then after, you know, at a certain point, you kind of know this shtick. It, it just feels like it's redundant. I would say if I were to, uh, if Paul Fagg, for some reason, were to listen to this or somebody who knows him, I would say at some point, you know, it, just like Judd Apatow, whose films ran up to two hours, sometimes even longer, um, some of these things really should just be uh, trimmed down for uh, the, the just for comedic effect, but, you know, we live in an era in which there is DVD and Blu-ray extra features that people are accustomed to watching deleted scenes and outtakes and things like that. Uh, they've been watching these for, for many years now. Save those for those releases. There's no need to uh, to inject fairly weak material in here, especially when uh, it, it feature, you know it's featured in the whole almost the whole last half of the movie. You know, it, occasional lulls are fine, but prolonged lulls are really is the killer in comedy. So, um, I, I feel that uh, that spy loses some of its flavor, kind of like 
like a stick of chewing gum where it tastes so great at first and then and then you're just kind of looking for a place to spit it out at some point. <laughs> now, this is an R-rated l- release. Um, I did see in the screening I went to, there were some children there. And, um, I, you know, er- every child is different. And I'm not here to tell anybody else how to do their parenting. But uh, there's, there's you know, potty mouth humor is one thing. But there's some pretty gross out gags here. And uh, I think the biggest surprise for people is that there's some surprisingly graphic, bloody violence that happens throughout the movie. The, the fight scenes can be kind of... There are some stabbings and impalings, and and there's blood in the movie. Um, it's not so over the top that it it plays for laughs either. So, uh, but what the I think the most surprising thing about the the violence not only that it's in this film, but that Fig actually shows this deft hand at directing comedy that he doesn't, despite this violent quotient, he doesn't lose this this uh, light comedy tone that he has going, and um, so. McCarthy, I think, sells the movie. I think that you're on board with whatever she wants to do, if you're a McCarthy fan, certainly. I'm sure there are people who can't stand her, just like any other kind of comedic talent. There's just there's there's some people that will not laugh at certain actors. Um, But I think she's a force of nature in this film, and I think that, especially in this movie, she shows much more range than she has in many other recent releases, and I think that, you know, a lot of people compare her as this female version of Chris Farley because she uses her her heft, her weight, to really uh, propel a lot of the comedy. But I think that her range in this movie really is going to put comparisons like that to bed because, and hopefully once and for all, uh, she's worth watching. And the, even if the humor is not up to par, M- McCarthy does manage to be able to save even really abysmally bad films from being even worse uh actually watchable because she has this ceaseless energy and she has this willingness to really dive in all the way to get whatever last she can to the point where she kind of wins you over even if the movie around her is not necessarily uh worthy of uh, <laughs> of some last she she squeezes them out where, wherever she can and i think that one thing Involving McCarthy and 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 about spy in general, and I have to commend Paul Feig for for doing this. Is that it uses McCarthy's physicality for laughs without these kind of tired fat jokes that followed Farley's career and even McCarthy's career to some extent. It really could have easily turned audiences sour on the project by seeing continual fat joke after fat joke. I don't even remember now. I mean, there may have been one or two, but I don't remember any specific fat jokes I can think of. In the film, um, you know, I guess there's, you know, there's a scene where these these Italian guys are hooting and hollering at women, and uh, and they are hooting and hollering at these beautiful women, and then they see McCarthy, and then they stop. But even within the course of this film, uh, you know, it's only because she's in disguise as this, as this dowdy middle aged woman. It's not because she's dressed as Melissa McCarthy. So it is refreshing to see that because. And and even uh, McCarthy, when she dresses up, can attract uh, men in this film. Maybe not as much as your, your typical James Bond uh, bombshell, but you know they do draw out some of the uh, some of the, the 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 attractiveness of McCarthy for the purpose of the film. Uh, I think that 
after th- these three films together, Fag and McCarthy, and actually there's going to be fourth film together because she is appearing in Fag's uh, all-female remake of Ghostbusters that's coming out within the next year. I think that, it, you know, if I want to tie this into the themes of the film, I think that like most of the super, the most super of super spies, they know how to conceal plenty of comedic weapons cleverly hidden within their routine comedy premises. So I would recommend Spy for some good laughs. I don't, I feel like there, there are some big flaws in the movie, but I feel that it, there's enough laughs delivered, certainly within the first hour, to make it worthwhile. It kind of coasts after that. I don't think that it ever sinks to the point of, of where it's broken, but you'll be kind of anxious for it to end. Um, especially, uh, you know, at, at two hours in length, it, it can be really lengthy. I will say, uh, just to keep you in the theater, if you're not anxious to get out of there already, there is a an outtake a very it's pretty short after the uh, 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 after the credits um, and it kind of is an outtake f- that continues the movie's final scene I won't really go into what the what that's about though because I don't want to ruin the uh, the little nugget for those people who stick around but I ju- I do want to let you know that it's there so I thank you for listening um, I know that there are some other releases that you may be wondering if I'm going to review. One of them is Entourage. Entourage, I think I will not review. So you may have to look elsewhere to get a review of that. And the primary reason that I'm not going to review Entourage is because I never have watched the show. So I would be, I think I would be an ill fit to be able to recommend it because I think that most people who are going to see the movie will have a familiarity with the show and probably be fans of the show. And so, why would they care what somebody who do, who's never seen the show and probably doesn't appreciate the show would have to say about it? Um, and certainly, if you haven't seen the show, your your desire to watch the movie is probably not very high anyway, so who cares? Um, the other movie is Insidious Chapter 3, and I may see that one. I'm not sure, um, but because there's some other movies that I do want to see that I'm going to put ahead of it. But... I gave the first Insidious and the second Insidious one and a half stars each, which is pretty poor in on my scale. And um, the, the fact that this third film is getting even less positive reviews than the first two, and it's not directed by James Wan, now at Leigh-Wano, who, who did the screenplay, uh, is directing it here. Um, I have a feeling that it's almost a no-brainer that I'm not going to like this film. I hate, you know, I hate to prejudice uh, any kind of film reviews, but um, I will only see it if I, I just happen to have an hour and a half to kill and say, why not? You know, I want to do some shopping in the area. <laughs> I'll go see this film. So that one I may skip as well, but we'll see. Uh, so you'll you'll want to keep a subscription on this if you want to, uh, to see what I'm going to release next or that I'm going to review next. Uh, there's actually a lot of independent films that I do want to catch up on. And uh, I'll be bringing those out within the next few days. And tomorrow, I'm actually finally, despite promising you this for a couple of weeks now, I'm going to see Pitch Perfect 2. I probably will not review the first Pitch Perfect in audio form here on the podcast, but you can find the written review at my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. If you want to follow me on Twitter to find out when I release uh, a new review, you can do that at Quipster, and you can 
like me on Facebook to do the same and also make some comments if you'd like. My website does not have uh, any place where you can really make comments. I don't really find that kind of noise and chatter that productive most of the time. Um, Although I do like it when people do write to me, even if they're going to slam me. In fact, some of those I use for comedy purposes in in uh, in my quips section. Um, but um, you can write to me at quipster at gmail dot com. The spelling, once again, Q W I P S T E R for all of those. Until next time, thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time at the movies, and you, if you do go see this, you get a kick out of it. Oh, by the way, I do give this film three stars, and three stars on my scale means it is worthwhile for those who like this genre. If you're a McCarthy fan, if you like slapstick comedies, you like spoofs uh, of spy films, certainly this is going to please you. Uh, for those people who do not like any of those things, probably not, but... Uh, but I, I will give it my recommendation despite it. Until next time, thank you, everyone.